Canine Cast number 37. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. It's Walter. Long time no see. It's great to be back. Yes, no see. No talk, I suppose. Well, unless you have the Enhanced Podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, sorry, guys, that we missed Thursday. We thought we were going to be able to put out a podcast, but then it turned out Walter had a trip for work that we thought was just going to be Friday. turned out to be Thursday through Saturday. So that's why we're coming to you now, but we're happy to be back, and we kind of have our setup here in our largely unpacked apartment. So it's it's neat. So... Here in the U.S., we have Thanksgiving coming up, and of course, after that is the holiday season, which is always a really, really nice time. And traditionally, after Thanksgiving, it's a time that people go wild buying gifts. Now, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, do actually get uh, get and give dogs as gifts at at this time of year, and we here think that that is not a good idea. We never recommend giving a, a dog or any other living animal as a gift, but um, we do actually have another gift idea for those of you out there who who like dogs or who know people who do and want to give them a gift. And we've been following this gift idea for some time and mentioned it on the show before. Basically, Nintendo... Uh, who makes video games, came out with a video game for their Nintendo DS system. And it's called Nintendogs, and it's actually like a dog simulation game. And it's kind of like a Tamagotchi, I suppose you could say. But this time, it's going beyond your normal experience in video games because it's on the Nintendo DS. And what that means is that you can actually talk to your dog, and the dog responds to your commands. And you can also use a... Uh, touch screen to pet your dog and to wash it and things like that and it's a very different experience and and that has actually led to intense popularity and uh, we've actually gotten it and we're going to talk about our experience with it so that way you guys might be able to consider it as a good alternative um, you know for people who who think that they have to get a dog as a gift they can you can really tell them no you don't you can do something different yeah, and this this is such a neat little game, and actually, it's probably something that would be good for people who say, you know, want a dog but can't have one, say that, you know, they're away from home a lot of the time, or that kind of thing, because it's it's actually amazing how much you kind of get attached to this little virtual dog that's sitting there, but... um. But it, in some ways, it's not surprising because Nintendo has done such a good job of embodying a lot of the characteristics of the of these dogs. I mean, they're you know obvious. Obviously, they're you know made to be cute and furry. But they do things like, for example, in the game, when you want to get their attention, they have a icon that you that you press. And it whistles for the dog, and the dog will turn around and run towards you and wag its tail. And, it, and you know, it's obviously very, very excited to see you, which is, which is a really, really neat thing. And then they'll interact with you by things like they'll whine and they'll bark, and you can play games with them as well. And I think, too, as Walter brought up, you can actually use a touchscreen to pet the dog I think that that makes um, a big, big difference as well. Being able to interact with it through um, through touch, as opposed to you know just pushing buttons. So Walter, Walter, and I, I think both 
would would get to where we'd be playing with our little Nintendog, and we'd look down, and Toby or Kyler would be right there, and we'd kind of feel a little bit bad. <laughs> have to have to stop and pet the real dogs, of course. So some other neat things that you can do in this game are, first of all, you take your dog for a walk, and you can only take them for a walk like every half hour because apparently they get tired and you need to build up their endurance throughout the game. But while you're on the walk, sometimes they'll bring you presents, which is a little bit different than dogs in real life because normally when my dog tries to bring me a present on the walk, it's not necessarily something that I'm going to want. Um, however, these, these ones in the game are nicely gift-wrapped and they may be you know toys for the dog or or something like that. They also have a resale shop, so there are things that you may be able to sell to get a little bit of money, and then the money, in turn, you use to buy such things as dog food or other dog toys or shampoo to keep your dog clean. Though they, uh, speaking of presents, they do leave presents uh, for you when you're walking them, which is to say that they actually do use the bathroom on the walk, and you... (laughs) are supposed to clean up after your dog on the, in the game, which is actually kind of cool. You just touch the you know, dropping, and it goes into a little bag and disappears forever, but if only it worked that way in real life. I'm going to take the stylus with me next time I want the dogs. Um, yeah, for some, for some reason, I don't think it'll work as well with this. But yeah, they'll even, they'll even have little spots that they'll mark along your route and everything. So it's really interesting, a lot of the parallels that they brought into the game that are, you know, that are pretty realistic so far as, you know, having a real pet dog. Now, some of the ways that you can interact with them, as I said before, you can actually teach them commands, which I found that that's, that's very interesting interesting because first of all um, what you do with your stylus there are certain things that you can do to basically encourage a dog to do certain behaviors for example if you want the dog to sit and you haven't yet taught it to do that using a voice command what you can do is you can pat it on the head and then move your stylus downward and the in the game that um, is programmed so that the dog will notice it then of course they have um, a little light bulb icon that you touch and then you tell the dog sit you actually say the word and if you can do that three times in a row then the dog learns it so i think that's very interesting because wow in the real life it takes quite a bit more than three times in a row normally for the dog to really really get it Um, but in the game um, they kind of make an interesting parallel to that in that the dog you know gets it after three times but you need to keep using it and as you use it more and more, the dog gets better at it. It'll actually take a little while before the dog is reliable with any command that you've taught it. And then as you get better at teaching a command, you can actually enter obedience competitions in the game, which you can, of course, compete for more money, which then in turn, of course, allows you to get more exciting things for your dogs. Yes, yes, that's really neat. And then, of course, as time as time goes on, you can also get more dogs. You can get up to three dogs at a time. And much, much like in the real world, there's a big difference between having one dog versus multiple dogs. So that's something that's kind of interesting to experience as well. Now, so far as getting the dogs, what they, what they do is they have dog kennels and you go pick out the dogs by breed. I personally would love to see a 
um, a Nintendogs, maybe Pound Puppy edition or, you know, mixed breed edition, that kind of thing where you go to say, you know, where they have it actually set up where you go to say a shelter and get the dog. Um, right now they have it very, very kind of unspecific as to where you're actually getting the dogs. It's just a, you know, a kennel that has, you know, a bunch of different dogs. So that's, that's one, um, feature that they could add that I think would be really, really neat. Um, you know, or if they did that in one certain version of the game, then if you want to get, say, another dog and you already have three, or maybe if you just want to have one dog there at the time, um, what you do, they, they don't, they don't have you get rid of the dog, which I love that. Um, what you do instead is they have like a doggy hotel, basically, um, kind of, kind of like a, a boarding kennel so you would take you know your dog there and then use another use another dog for a little while so you know i think that's that's an interesting compromise um between you know being able to have all kinds of different dogs without you know giving the people the mindset that you you know just get rid of your dog when you're done with it and the other thing to note is that in this game the dogs always stay the same age it's it originally was called puppy times and the dogs are always uh, puppy age, and they're all just a bunch of puppies. So that's kind of another interesting take on it, on the game. So Walter had mentioned that you can go and do obedience trials. They also, in this game, have frisbee competitions, um, and also they have agility trials. So that's pretty neat. What you what you do for those are um, well in your house you can actually play frisbee with your dog which is kind which is kind of interesting and um, not not something that many people would be able to mirror in the real world but you can do that inside your house also when you're going on your walk you can take the dog to the park where you'll have room to go ahead and play with your disc with your dog there there's also an agility training center so once your dog has built up the endurance to walk back and forth to the agility training center you can begin training them on agility equipment and it's very interesting how they've implemented each of these competitions because there are different levels. Um, the levels don't necessarily reflect what you would see in competitions um, in the actual dog sporting world. Yeah, you've, you've been in agility competitions before. How does it like compare to um, the real thing? Well, well the, in the agility competitions in the game, what they do is they'll have you just be on a couple of different pieces of equipment or, or obstacles. And then as you grow in the levels, then you'll get more obstacles. Whereas in, in um, real life agility, you, you generally tend to need to be proficient on most of the obstacles to begin with. And there's, there's a, a much, much greater number of them in real life than in the game. Also, of course, in the game, the dogs, again, much much like with the um, obedience commands, the dogs pick up on the agility equipment much, much faster. So you can have, you can have your Nintendog ready for an agility trial in the course of probably a couple of days. Um, whereas, you know, in the, in the real world, you're looking at um, months to years. So, so that's another thing to keep in mind. But I think that they do have things work um, a little bit faster in the game in general, just, you know, just to kind of um, keep people's interest. Because, of course, you know, it's a, it's a neat game and there are neat things to do. But um, with, real, with real dogs, there are so many, um, so many other things um, so many that you can do with them and so many other, you know, 
games you can play and activities you can do and such. So the ones that they focused on in Nintendogs do go a little bit faster. So that's so that's one thing. We hope that uh, you know any kids who grow up playing Nintendogs, you know, do understand. And for any you know for any parents who have these kids, you know, make make sure to. Um, you know, to share with them that, of course, you know, you can't expect the same things from your from your dog as you do for the Nintendog because the Nintendogs do their few, you know, specific things, do them really well and pick up on them really fast. And, um, you know, with a real dog, half of the fun with them is the getting there and teaching them all these different um, behaviors and activities. Thanks, Tara. Another feature that I like about Nintendogs is that if you know someone else who has Nintendogs, then your dogs can get together uh, over the wireless connection between the two video game systems, which is pretty exciting. And if you don't know anyone else who has Nintendogs, you can actually take your dog on a walk, like a real walk. You can set the dog to bark mode, which is where you you know close the Nintendo DS. Speaking of bark mode. <laughs> Our dogs just went into Barclay. That's right. Um, and you can, you know, put it in your pocket or your purse, and you can basically leave the house, and if it detects somebody else who's walking around in bark mode, it'll start barking, and the other person's uh, Nintendo will bark, and you guys can open up your DSs, and you guys can have your virtual dogs meet each other, and it's really fun. And we've actually taken the Nintendo DS and Nintendogs on bark mode and gone out to the malls and things like that and, you know, found people and interacted with them, and it was kind of fun. Uh, it's definitely another angle to the game that brings uh, sort of a realism you know, back into the simulation, makes it more than just a little Tamagotchi or something like that. That's why I think it might be a very uh, good solution for the kid who won't you know, be happy unless they have a dog. It might be definitely something I would consider strongly. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, however, of course, with kids, if they're going to go out on bark mode, then you know we do recommend that you know their parent be with them if they're if they're pretty young. You know, you don't want them necessarily meeting strangers through bark mode um, unless it's in a very very safe way. So you know, so that was one thing that we that we thought of. But um, but other than that, it's kind of neat now. In the game, most of the dogs pretty much get along automatically, so you don't have to worry about you know anything weird with the dog introductions. And and with that, one thing one thing that we saw that was kind of neat is that the dogs do have different personalities, and it'll tell you as you're picking out your dog at the beginning kind of what personality your dog has. So it's generally a good idea for beginners to get one that specifically states it would be good for a beginner. Or to get one where it states that it will probably be especially close to its trainer. Those kinds of dogs are a little bit easier to start out with and start training with. So that's that's something to keep in mind as well as you begin playing the game. Uh, now it's worth noting that, of course, you need a Nintendo DS console to play Nintendogs. And a Nintendo DS is just like... Uh, a Sony PlayStation or a Microsoft Xbox or a Nintendo GameCube, except it's a portable unit, and they are going to be priced about the same. Of course, uh, it's you can buy a bundle with Nintendo. You can buy a Nintendo DS and Nintendogs for about $150 if you look in the right places, or you can buy them separate. Uh, Nintendogs is running about $30, and the Nintendo DS is running about $130. Depending on where you find it and where you where you can buy it online is probably the cheapest place to find it. 
Yeah, and we've actually given this as a gift before, and it's been very, very well received and, you know, very excited on the gifties part. Yeah, my little cousin got a Nintendo DS for his birthday, and of course, we followed suit by delivering Nintendogs to him, and he's really enjoyed it. And, and one thing to note is there are three different actual versions of the game that come with different breeds in them. So what, what happens is they start out with these certain breeds, but as time goes on, there are things that, uh, that a person can do in playing the game to kind of earn the other breeds. So eventually, regardless of what you start out with, you'll have them all. And, um, you know, such things as getting training points by doing competitions or going into bark mode and meeting other dogs that are other breeds will go ahead and add that breed to your game or actually it's already there it unlocks the breed so that's something that's kind of neat about it too you can you know something to strive for but of course you know in no way is this is this a dog replacement because you know for all of us who have dogs and who have had dogs and love dogs we know that there's nothing in the world quite like a dog However, um, for people who are interested in dogs, this is a really, really um, neat game that we think they probably like a lot. And also for the parent whose child may be asking for a dog for a gift, this would be, first of all, a good game to give them that that would kind of be along those lines, but also would be a great time to reiterate that dogs, as well as other pets, are not meant to be given as gifts, that they are for life, and that that's a big decision that involves the whole family. So not only are, are you able to give a gift that, um, that from our experience, has been uh, received very, very happily, it's also a great time for you to be able to teach um, that child a little bit about responsible pet ownership. Now, my final thoughts on this are that as a dog owner, it was kind of challenging to play this game because I felt guilty when I was playing it. The simulation was so real that I you know, felt like I was cheating on my dogs, I guess you could say. I do know people who also have dogs who don't have any problem playing the game. <laughs> and I know people who don't have dogs who just love having a game um, and you know, wouldn't want to own a dog, but you know, because of having a dog in their apartment is not convenient, but they really, you know, this is a great outlet for them. So it's great for everyone. uh, But I just want to put a warning out there that if you have dogs, that it might be a little bit of a challenge. But if you just can't get enough of dogs, you know, I don't think that should stop you. Yes. Well, I mean, and this, this would be a great thing to say, bring on the road. Say if you're, if you're on a business trip or you're on a vacation, um, that's one way to get your dog fixed while you're there. But uh, but yeah, it's it's tough when you're at home and you're sit you're sitting there with the with the little Nintendo DS dog barking at you and you look down and see your dogs looking up at you. Then of course you have to you know stop and go play or, with them for a little while. <laughs> or my favorite part, I'll watch Tara. She'll be telling the Nintendo dog to sit, and then Toby and Kyler sit at the same time. <laughs> you got all three dogs sitting. Well, you know they're all good dogs. But um, so basically, that's that's our, been our experience with this game, and we thought it was. You know, we think it's really neat, and it's really at this point unique to the market. So, um, so that's why we wanted to bring it up on here, on our Canine Cast, where we cover all things dog related. 
So with that, we also have we also have a question that we wanted to talk about a little bit on the show so that we don't break format too terribly much. Um, we have a question from Ben. He actually has a couple of questions, but we're going to get to his other ones in another show. So Ben says, I've noticed you've discussed the benefits of crate training a few times, but perhaps you could provide me with some tips or instructions on how to begin crate training. So, oh, yes, definitely. I'd love to do that. Um, as we've said before, crate training is wonderful. And during this move, it's been absolutely invaluable for the dogs to have a place that they can call their own. And I don't think I've ever, we've ever had to use the crate so often as we have during our move. And it's definitely been incredibly helpful for us, but it's been helpful for the dogs because the crate lived in our old house and it's probably just reminds them of their old place uh as they go into it interact with it so it little it literally is a, a piece of the old home and it's been helping them uh get into their new environments and probably is part of the reason why they've been taking it so well i'd imagine yes i would absolutely agree with that so ben this is a great question what you want to do is do everything that you can think of to make it the best, most wonderful place for your dog in the world. It's re- it's really common for dogs at first to not necessarily take to it right away because it's just this, this thing there and they have no associations with it. So you're going to make as many positive associations as possible. Uh, a lot of people will actually feed their dogs in their crate. So that's something that you can try doing. I would recommend keeping all of your dog's toys in the crate. Um, number one, that just is a really, really convenient place to keep them. So they're kind of out from underfoot. But also that creates the positive associations with your dogs as well. Whenever they want their toys, they can just go to the crate to get them. When I first bring a crate into the house or I first am introducing a dog to a crate, what I'll tend to try and do is to go ahead and tempt them in there with some special treats, um, something that they really, really like, kind of the same motivator that I would use if I was actually training them. So that would be maybe um, maybe a piece of cheese or liver, or if your dog really, really loves a certain toy, use that toy, um, that kind of thing, just to get them to go into the crate. Now, when you first do this, don't expect them to go running all the way into the crate. Just expect them to maybe put their nose in the crate at first, and then after a little while, um, put the motivator far enough back that they have to put their foot inside the crate. Um, you know, just do it a little, little bit at a time. So it, it'll actually go pretty quickly. You can you can get the dog to into the crate totally within probably a day or so. Um, but just do it a little bit at a time and be very, very positive. Lots of praise. If you get frustrated anytime, then stop, take a break, come back later. Um, but just, just make it as fun as you possibly can. Now, another thing that you want to do so that you don't derail your training is never, ever put the dog in the crate as a punishment. Like, for example, don't, don't ever yell at it um, to go to the crate or even, or even speak in a stern voice to go to the crate or when you're putting it in the crate because that will um, put negative associations with the crate. That said... Once you've um, trained the dog in the crate and it's comfortable in the crate, if they do misbehave and you're wanting to keep them out of trouble, you can put them in the crate just to kind of, um, like I said, keep them out of trouble, give them a little bit of a time out. But when you do that, just do it very matter of factly. Just, you know, put them in there. No words, no nothing. 
um, to put them in the crate. But um, but basically, like I said, anything that you can think of to make the crate a really special, wonderful place. Of course, you'll want it to be comfortable for them to literally go in there, sit, lie down. So make sure to get um, some type of a crate bed. Blankets are great, especially in the winter time when it's cold out. Um, so you'll just you'll just want to kind of spend some time with your dog around the crate. So they associate it with you. They think that it's a good place. And before you know it, you'll probably see them go to their crate to lay down just to hang out in there because it's somewhere that they want to be. So thanks for the question, Ben. That was a really good one. Now, we also have some listeners sending us some pictures of their dogs. In fact, we have a lot of pictures from listeners, and we love it. Keep sending them in, guys. Today we're going to talk about two different ones we got in. We have Scott who sent in pictures of his dog, Weber. And there's five pictures of Weber and they're all really cute. And we also have pictures from Shana of her dog, Pepper. And there's three pictures and Pepper's really cute and also a little bit smaller than Weber because Weber weighs about 100 pounds. Yeah, he's a he's a big dog. And actually, in one of the pictures, you can see Scott told us that um, Weber wears a cone a bit, quite a bit of the time because he gets ear infections. So you can you can actually see that as cone or e collar in one of the pictures. And yeah, unfortunately, with the floppy eared dogs, those ear infections are something that we sometimes have to battle. I know um, my lab used to get them all the time, but you know the vet, the vets are are great. That's what they're there for to help us with that. And uh, Shana also had a question. She says, why are your podcasts not in MP3 format? And the quick answer is that our iTunes version of the podcasts are not in MP3 format. They're the enhanced podcast. However, we do have a standard MP3 format feed that you can get from our website. And what you need to do is you need to copy the feed location from our website and in iTunes, you can choose the advanced menu and choose subscribe to podcast and then paste the URL there. And of course, I'm sending more complete instructions via email. But if you subscribe to our standard podcast feed through our website in iTunes, you will get an MP3 feed that you can burn to CD. Or if you wanted to, you can convert the enhanced podcast to MP3 using iTunes and then burn to CD. Though it may be easier to just subscribe to the standard feed. Thanks, Walter. All the different options for podcasting these days. Absolutely wonderful. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And as always, please continue to send us your stories, um, your pictures, your comments, and your questions. We love getting those. You can send them to us either by email or by voice through our voicemail number or by Skype. So we we love getting those. And now that things are finally settling down, we're going to be able to actually get back to you on these emails. So we're really excited about that. So look for that in the next, you know, upcoming week or two. And we'll be getting back on track here. Thanks so much for sticking with us through our move and for all the well wishes. It's great to be back. Great to speak to y'all once again. And if you haven't already, as always, please spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.